0: So if we relax and we focus on our bodies and we come out of our heads, then we get a really good opportunity to allow pleasure to come into the body.
1: Because there definitely is an economy for the buying and selling of nudes. Where do
0: I start? What do I do? How do I touch myself? What bits should I be exploring? How we can buy subscriptions to sexy information. Come on.
1: That's right. Tanya Coons is here with us, our resident sexologist and pleasure activist. I absolutely love that title, by the way. What are we going to be chatting about today? I believe how we can use our wallets to support sex workers and the sex
0: industry. Is that right? Yes. And also how we can buy subscriptions to sexy information, learning and, um, and just stuff that we might like to have a look at ourselves. Yeah.
1: So are there any new apps or services that you're
0: interested in at the moment? Um, oh, gee whiz, I'm interested in all sorts of things. Uh, I don't know about new. I think we were going to talk today about, oh, my God, yes. Uh, and that's been around for a little while, but they're constantly updating the site. Uh, so that's that's a good thing. So we're going to have a little bit of a chat about that. And also fans only. uh Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit and yeah, we'll just, we'll meander around and, and see what's out there for people wanting to learn, but also for people wanting to share and maybe even people wanting to sell.
1: That sounds really, really good. So tell me a little bit about OMG, yes. What exactly is that? How does it
0: work? Okay, so this is a site that's um, put together. It's a series of instructional videos and it's it's a brilliant site because it's all about learning for arousal and pleasure for people with vulvas or people who play with vulvas, right? So whether you own one or whether you play with one, it's pretty important information for us to have and it's often neglected in sex education. Yeah, I think a lot of folks need to learn uh, or they they tend to learn. We all tend to learn what gets us off, right? Somehow we work, we figure out, oh, this feels good if I do this. And we can learn how to give ourselves an orgasm in a particular way. And then it's kind of interesting because for a lot of people, they don't explore further. So we learned what I call the super highway to orgasm, right? So research shows us that for both men and women, when they're masturbating, it takes about four minutes for them to reach an orgasm on average, right? Yeah. So there'll be some people that are faster and some that are slower. But, you know, a lot of people never learn to take the country scenic drive, I call it, which is <laughs> tapping into sort of more gentle arousal or your erotic energy or just mm-hmm. simply different ways of getting off, right? So the way I see this is you could be missing out on a lot of pleasure. And this site offers a bunch of research plus videos of different women with, with um differently configured vulvas, showing what works for them and talking openly and honestly about their bodies and arousal with no shame. I mean, what's not to like about that? Yeah,
1: exactly. And I mean, it's very interesting that you say on average, it takes men and women about four minutes four because minutes. I think then you just get into a habit of that. It's like, if you know exactly what to do, it it's over right. so quickly. And where's the fun in that? Yeah, <laughs>
0: that's true. And then if you look at, because uh, there's a lot of research done around um, heterosexual sex. Where there are measurements, like so, for guys, the minute they, from time of insertion of penis into a vagina, it takes on average five and a half minutes before they orgasm, right? That's average again. Uh, but for women in partred, partnered heterosexual sex, it takes on average 17 and a half minutes of stimulation. Wow. Okay. And when I looked at that, I was like, wow. So when we're doing it for ourselves, it's four minutes because we know what the story is. When we get somebody else involved, it takes a lot longer. And then people, because because some parties can orgasm faster than others, they then tend to, you know, the, the people with vulvas tend to think, oh, what's wrong with me? I'm taking too long. This isn't great. And they go much more up into their head, which interferes with with their ability to actually tip over and have an orgasm. So this sort of stuff, learning about your body, learning what's nice, learning that it's okay to take as long as you want and do whatever's necessary is really great information.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. And um, there is a big crossover between research and lived experience um, that you get on this website. How important do you think that is when you're trying to educate about orgasms?
0: Well, I think it's pretty good because... Often a lot of sex experts put themselves out there because they've had a lot of sex in their own particular way, which, you know, good for you, but uh, that's not everybody's way. And I think the research kind of makes it normal for us. So if you see someone doing something and you're like, oh, that works for me or I'd like to try it, and then you see research that says 64% of women or people with vulvas like to do it this way or 85% of people think this would be a good idea, then you don't feel so weird Right. I I constantly in my work with clients, when I talk to them and give them statistics about how many people experience this or it's not unusual to have this difficulty or to arouse this way, you can see people visibly slump in the chair going, oh, my God, really? So I'm normal. I'm not the weirdest freak on the planet because I don't know this or that this isn't working or because I like it this way. Yeah. yeah. So the research is great.
1: I can imagine. And there are a lot of techniques that they teach about on here that I've never heard of, like signaling, yeah. hinting, rhythm, accenting. Yeah. Are
0: these terms that you would use in your work? No, they're not. Actually, I don't use these terms. I, I think that they've put them into nifty little segments and use their own terminology, which is great. But all of these things are things that I would say any good sex therapist, sex coach, sex educator would be teaching in. So things like hinting um it's it's not a not a term that I use but it's definitely a technique that I teach you know when I'm talking about anatomy and arousal and the need for folks with vulvas to have at least 15 or 20 minutes of foreplay before they start putting anything in or near them then I'm coaching them to people to start on the outside of the body and work their way in and often suggest just teasing genitals by an occasional brush or a little hinty touch but not committing to it so that people start to get very excited. And basically my technique is wait till the genitals are crying out for touch because you've given them so many hints that they are like, all right, all right, all right, I'm ready for you to come here now, rather than jumping on them and starting and leaving the rest of the body out. Yeah, I can really imagine how that
1: would make the whole experience a lot more exciting
0: if you have a lot of lead-up to it. That's right. So so that's a hinting. Framing is... um, Uh, It's what we were just talking about actually, people being up in their head and stressing and worrying about sex. So when you think about that, it's like what framework am I working under here and how am I looking at it? So I think... uh women in particular are not socialized to love their genitals we get messages that our genitals don't look good they don't smell good they don't taste good they're um ugly they they uh, get us in trouble they're dirty they bleed they get you pregnant none of that's very sexy yeah? yeah and then because people don't know how to drive them Our vulvas get treated as just too darn pernickety for a lot of people. It's like, oh, well, I don't want to go there, or I don't know how that works. And we seem to be in a hurry to, to give people with penises a lot of pleasure. And that's been the drive of Western sex. So if we relax and we focus on our bodies and we come out of our heads then we get a really good opportunity to allow pleasure to come into the body and allow it to build. So we're focusing more on, wow, oh, it feels really nice when they touch me that way, or I really like it when they do this thing with their tongue. That kind of stuff keeps you present and in your body, not up in your head going, oh my God, why am I taking so long? Yeah. Definitely. Makes makes a big difference. So it's how you're framing it. Um Because
1: everyone has those expectations of what they think it should be like and then that's not necessarily how your body's going to work at all.
0: Absolutely, absolutely because we're all different. I mean that, that, that range, 17 and a half minutes in partnered sex is right in the middle of that bell shaped curve so some people will be faster some people will take longer and it's all okay. Yes
1: we are about to get more into this chat right after a song break right now so stay tuned for more Let's Talk About Sex. Here's a track now from Dune Kanda called Anastasia. June Kanda there with Nastasia, and you've caught us right in the middle of Let's Talk About Sex with Tanya Koons and we were just talking about OMG Yes, a new website that teaches you all about how to orgasm if you have a vulva or if you play with a vulva, correct? Yes, correct. Now what do you think it is about this site that people are saying is so exciting?
0: Um, I think it's exciting because it actually gives practical tips and techniques that help people work out ways in which they can explore their body. I know it's quite daunting when people are like, all right, I know I need to work out what I might like. Where do I start? What do I do? How do I touch myself? What bits should I be exploring? It, it, so you're sitting there going, well, I know I need to work shit out. Mm. But how, how? You know, it's like starting in a classroom without any books, without any instruction. So here there are people saying, well, look, this works for me. Why don't you try that? And what I love about this site is that they're not normalising Uh, any one technique there's not one true way to get yourself off there's lots of different ways and then not normalizing any particular types of genitals which you'll often see in porn that you know people have they all look one certain way which can create a lot of shame for people so they have different women talking about different things uh, and it's really great so I think the groundbreaking part of it is it focuses on pleasure Yes. and it celebrates uh, and encourages difference. There's no normalising.
1: Yes, and I feel like I already know the answer to
0: this question, but would you recommend a service (laughs) like this? Um, I do. So I recommend, oh, my God, yes, but also my colleague Cindy Darnell, who used to be in Melbourne and is now in New York, has a fantastic product called the Atlas of Erotic uh, Arousal and Desire. And this is the best hands down anatomy information that I've ever seen. So it's amazing. It's affordable. She's got four classes there. There's one called Vulva Palooza, all about the vulva. There's one called Squirts and Gushes, all about squirting and gushing. There's one called The Penis is Mightier Than the Sword. And the last one is called But That's Not All. So she's um, talking all about our anatomy and our arousal, and she shows with fantastic illustrations what happens when you get turned on and what happens in the body and what's happening and what you can do to actually feel good. So it takes a pleasure focus again. Wow. It's outstanding sex education. And I think it's about 50 bucks for all four of those videos. Wow! Okay. So you can find that at cindydarnell.com. Um, she'll have that there. Yes. Or maybe we can put the link up. Yes, we'll definitely pop a link yeah. up on fbaradio.com slash mornings just
1: in the program page. That's right. Now, we've talked before on the show about sex workers and social media. Um, For those who haven't heard about this before, what are some of
0: the issues sex workers have been facing on social media? Well, it's important for us to understand that sex workers often use social media to promote themselves and their services, right? And in that that's become a lot more prominent because they had a, a global site called Backpage where everybody promoted all sorts of services. And when they brought new laws in in the US, the Foster Sester laws, Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act and the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act, that website disappeared overnight. So it was basically like their office burned down and they had nowhere to advertise their services. So the problems that they have, in one word, censorship, right? Since those laws have been passed, lots and lots of sites have been like, okay, I don't want to get in trouble from the government, so I'm going to shut down all sexual content, uh, and that's tricky for lots of us. It's not just sex workers. It's everybody who talks about sex for a living. I get a lot of my workshops censored, shut down. I have uh, friends who are performers um, who get banned for putting up pictures of their funny, sexy shows. Um, I had a friend who she runs a, a very interesting burlesque night, neo burlesque, and uh, she got ban- a thirty-day ban on Facebook for putting up a picture of somebody going down on a barbecued chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! It's a bit odd but it's yeah. not you know that's 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 not going to corrupt and demonize and people. you see
1: so like many worse things in a different light on social media all the time but there just seems to be yeah. this stigma and this discrimination against sex and sexuality which is really really frustrating
0: and yeah and it's all being homogenized because we're being driven to the porn sites right and what we get there is a very heterosexual white males gaze exactly so yeah when tumblr's shut down that was really terrible it affected sex. workers but it also affected queer and LGBTQIA folks because Tumblr was a leader in non-normative sexual content. That was a place you could see sexy images of all kinds of bodies and genders and sexual expressions and it was a huge loss. So Facebook They'll outright ban you. I've had my workshops shut down and it takes about seven or eight complaints to try and get them reinstated. I talked to them and said, look, I'm a legit sex educator and here's all my qualifications. Um, So... You can only imagine what's happening with sex workers. They um, they have things. So Facebook will give you an outright ban. Places like Instagram and Twitter will shadow ban people for having sexual content. In so there. does that mean they just take down the photo? Or well, No, it's kind of like stealth banning or ghost banning, they call it. So it's blocking or partially blocking a user or their content so that the online community can't see either what they're saying or what they're posting but they don't tell you so you're like hey look at me here's my images and you don't realize that maybe only four people are seeing it right uh so it might be that your followers can see it but no new followers they might prevent you from having new followers sign up uh they might prevent you from commenting anywhere so it's when you partially conceal or you make people invisible then um they're kind of hoping that the absence of reactions to your comments will make you go, oh, this is a terrible site. I'll just go. So they're kind of trying to frustrate people into leaving. Uh, And then they realize, you know, if they do it that way, then the spammers and the trolls don't create new accounts. So it's, pretty shitty because you don't realize often that you're shadow banned people have to sort of get their friends to check in yeah and I think the issue for sex workers is they need to find places to safely promote themselves and their services right it's and it's getting more and more difficult and yeah it's like I said it's not just sex workers it's drag queens it's performers it's sexual health educators exactly practitioners There just seems to be a global shutdown in sex. So all the stuff the radical feminists fought for in the 60s and 70s is now being shut down. I know. I'm I'm a bit bewildered at this. Agreed. And, I mean,
1: it's really, really strange to me that... um Like you know, a lot of these sites are kind of like afraid to cash in, even because there definitely is an economy for the buying and selling of nudes and other sexual content. Yeah,
0: it could be fruitful for everyone. (laughs) Exactly. So know your business. Exactly. (laughs) Because we're just seeing how technology is fantastic for things like oh my god, yes, right? There's there's sex education and that's out and proud, right? They're doing a really great job. Yet other more general sites just want to take all the sex content off it altogether. Um, And for me, I don't understand that because sex is actually an everyday part of life. It's a normal thing and we're all sexual beings. Exactly. And I've also been
1: recently hearing about this site, OnlyFans, where you pay a monthly fee to access people's streams. Mm. Um, I think some Instagram models have been using it to cash in on photos that are too racy for Instagram. Um, What do you think of sites like these which
0: place the control in the hands of sex workers? Uh, Anything that places control in the hands of sex workers, I'm a fan of because I think they need to dictate what's going on for them um, and to have some autonomy about what they're putting out there and create their own safety. I had a little look into this because I, I haven't been able to get onto the site yet, but I've been reading about it um, and I can see the idea behind it and it feels different to porn, right? I, it feels a little bit more like the amateur porn sites but with much more interaction. It's a lot more personal, right? It's a bit yeah. customizable almost. So, And when you think about that, sex is quite a personal thing, isn't it? When it gets commodified, that's when we start to get shame and we start to get normative stuff. And, you know, people are sort of being pushed into a corral or a way of being where, you know, so when you think about sites like Pornhub, people are doing quite hardcore porn on those sites and the users of sites like OnlyFans, they want connection. And they can find what they want by subscribing to actually specific types of people or activities. And so I'm really interested to read that some of the more popular earners on the site, and people are making big money, um, they're not actually posting porn or overtly sexual images. Sometimes it's like, here's me in a pretty dress. Um, oh, you want me to uh, walk down to the shop wearing this? Okay, I'll do that. And some of them are very sexy. Some of yeah. them are like, hey, could you open the door to the pizza guy with nothing on? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. But it's up to the person who's posting To dictate. So I think again, when you think about it, uh, sex workers are always at the, the cutting edge of consent. And here's another thing where they have autonomy they don't have to do anything and they can choose who. Subscribes to them, they've got a lot. It's not just like their images are out there like Pornhub and they can be stolen and put in different places. Yeah,
1: and that sort of power and control is exactly what you need for the sex industry to even be functional. Because I mean, if there isn't that, yeah. you know, respect and that kind of, you know, feeling of like strength and power and ownership of your own body, then right. like what do you have? It just becomes a very problematic situation. And you get this whole
0: entitlement I should be having this. Exactly. And, like it's really problematic. And, yes. and I also think, don't forget, even though there are sex workers there and they Sexual content these sites are for everybody so it makes it easier for you to put pictures up and not fear about them being stolen all sorts of things like that they're, they're working out all of their technology there because they're quite new and um, they're proliferating so I think it's going to be a thing
1: yes thank you so much Tanya Coons for coming in this has been Let's Talk About Sex we'll pop all of the links up hey. to all of the sites that we've been chatting about on fbiradio.com slash mornings with Bridie Tanner